my favorite place, my favorite people, my favorite thing to be humbled and grateful and excited to get to say every week is that the vulnerable are powerful and that the most gangster thing you could do is serve. And that the second most gangster thing you could do is to tune into the All The Way Live podcast. Wagwan. Y'all know exactly what time it is. Every single week, my brother and I dedicate ourselves to coming to this right here show, the All The Way Live podcast, so we can provide y'all with carefully curated conversation for your cranium. We do that. So we can share information with people, man. This whole show is about sharing information. We look at uh, thoughts, topics, things and ideas that y'all are interested in. We dedicate ourselves into it and we create a conversation around it. We break it down. We do that weekly. And we do that because we know that people are going through it, man. People are going through it. You know, people are really suffering from uh, depression. Depression numbers are through the roof. People are feeling lonelier than ever. People are, are really struggling out here. And so what we try and do is be a space of positivity, of good energy that you can come back to keep you going. And I know I've used, bro, I've gotten high in my own supply. You know, sometimes I come back to this podcast to make me feel better. So it brings me so much joy to come talk to the folks, man. It brings me even more joy to talk to my brother. Can't, I love this. I love this. Hey, bro. Well, shout out to you. Shout out to everybody going through the struggle. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I feel like a Biggie Smalls track starts like that. So I feel even better about it. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all y'all, wherever you may be, whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever podcasts can be found, or whether you're tuned into the stream, whether you're watching us live, you know what I'm saying, on the YouTube. It is all love. It is all gratitude from Exeter by way of Joe Berg, my boy, you know what I'm saying? Both of those spaces forever in the building, South Africa forever, ever in the building, also forever in the building. This side is Chicago. This podcast is forever, ever recorded on stolen land. This land here in Chicago was cared for by the Potawatomi people, the council of the three fires and the violence done to remove them from this land is inseparable from the state that we find this city in, the state that we find this country in, in the state that we find this world in, right? So we got to atone for that. We got to acknowledge that. We got to think about how we're going to address that and redress that. We got to think about how we're going to lift up indigenous people the world over, how we're going to build up bridges and build up love between black and brown people the world over, and how y'all going, what will y'all, man, how, how are we going to get y'all part of the movement? How are we going to get y'all part of the conversation? How are we going to get y'all Man, to 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 meet us, to contribute, to be to be a part of this community in a in a in a real way. Uh, let us know how we can do that. Like that. Intro's over. Let's get into the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. And <laughs> the transitions are running super smooth this episode. Yes, sir. Can I know that that was a recommended and reviewed transition? <laughs> why did you? Why did you do that? It was an accident. It was an accident. I didn't do it on purpose. But we're yeah. professional over here. We're yeah. So, <laughs> got a hair trigger on that on that transition button for sure. I know. I know. It's way too much fun, man. It's way too much fun. But this week, one of the topics that we wanted to get into, um, specifically. Bella Miles was the boys go to therapy. The boys go to therapy, you know, and me and you went to couples therapy this week. 
just to get our love languages back aligned, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you can see that it's resulting in this, this quality, this uh, effortlessness that you, that you get into experience on a pod. You know what I'm saying? So we hope that y'all can appreciate that we're getting us right for you, you know, and for us. But also, we hope that you can you can feel that. You, can you feel it? <laughs> Hashtag feel the love in the comments. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> if you feel the love. All the way love. And it's spelled feel D-A the love. That's right. But man, no. so check this out, man, though. For real, though. For real, though. Therapy's a, therapy's a real thing. Therapy's a, and I think it would benefit us, right, to like, I don't know if they have that. Do they have friend therapy? Where we just like go and just sit and just be like, this is my homie. Uh <laughs> right? Like, and uh, you know, we pretty much we pretty cool, you know, he's a pretty cool dude. And um yeah, what would I mean, what would we what would we talk about in therapy? What would we work out? For for our couples therapy, I, I definitely think that like our love languages could definitely be more aligned, you know. I feel like you're more of a gift giver and I'm more of an acts of service type of person. You know, sometimes I feel like you don't receive my gifts well, you know. And, and <laughs> ah, okay. Well, I can work I can work on how I receive how I can receive. I receive, I, I hear you. I receive what you're saying to me, first and foremost, and I and I will work on how I can receive gifts from you. You um, are still holding on to capitalism. And I just really want to see if we can invite a third party into this conversation to see if we can work through that. You know what I'm saying? Real quick and just get you all the way over. You know what I'm saying? To this, to, to being like, yo, man, we can, we can break this thing all the way down. Well, it, it, and maybe part of the issue with this conversation is that we don't take it seriously enough, right? <laughs> maybe the whole reason we're having this conversation of the boys go to therapy is that we don't take it seriously enough. But I, for one, um, explained to you over the week that I was like, oh man, uh, that's unfortunate, bro. He was just about to get into his bag, you know what I'm saying, to let y'all know what was going on. Uh, and unfortunately, this is one of those times where I cannot speak on behalf of my brother. Um, as you guys can probably tell, we're about to get into like some some therapy stuff um, and 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 nothing too deep, you know what I'm saying? But uh, definitely still still his experience to share. Um, my experience. Uh, since you, since you asked, thank, thank you for asking. All right. All right. All right. I hear you. I hear you. Um, is, uh, kind of minimal actually, um, uh, with, with like actually organized therapy. Right. Um, in a couple of different instances, uh, at the, um, request of my parents, uh, when I was, when I was still under their roof. Uh, especially as a teenager, you know, we were just butting heads. They, uh, I've, I've gone to speak. I went to go speak to someone. Uh, and that was, that was interesting. It actually felt good to like talk to somebody. Um, but that was, that was, that was kind of my kind of limited experience. Uh, and Zway's back to kind of share what he wanted to share. I, I was, I was following when you were talking about your limited experience with therapy and going in with your parents, right? Um, this, you could consider my first adult self-initiated process into therapy. And we had a logical. We just go, this is actually planned, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth with the stories, right? And it's actually, this is going to look like a three-man weave with two people. It's me, 
Zway and y'all. All right. So y'all just gonna keep double dutching with us, right? So back to my story. What I have said. All right. So I was <laughs> great double dutch. I love the double dutch. <laughs> Man, King, it's your it's your time to shine, baby. Tell your story, please. Clearly, that's the story you're uh, supposed to hear. I'm playing. That's all improv. It's all improv. Back to you, son, for real. Technical difficulties, man. But uh, I so first self-initiated process to go into therapy. And and you said, yo, let's let's touch on that. Let's talk on that on the show and bring that forward. I wasn't really too sure how to approach that, but um, it did lead me down a pretty interesting hole about actually trying to see the numbers and figures behind therapy in our communities and you know, also engage in some conversations about how people feel about them, um, seeing how people Back to me. All right. But to Zoe's point, right, if I can kind of just jump in on where I feel like he was kind of going, um, the conversations in our communities is it's not happening enough. Um, in some ways, that might be changing, though. In some ways, I feel like I start to see that conversation a little bit more, but certainly um, still continues to need to be had and uplifted. And there's still a long way to go to kind of remove the stigma around therapy, especially in communities of color. Definitely. Definitely. I think there's like a lot of space for like the stigma to uh, the stigma to be moved away. And I don't think I could say I was confronted with any stigma per se up front, um, which is why you starting <laughs> you starting with your story and <laughs> telling it in pieces um, is interesting. Like what, what was your experience going through going through therapy, if you don't mind sharing that? Yeah, I don't think I personally had any stigma against it, although I'll say that I'm I'm for both of us to sit here and at at 28 and go yeah yeah people should go to therapy yeah yeah and we've both been once in our lives might speak to just kind of an underlying if not subconscious like stigma up within ourselves like an underlying current that maybe keeps people from making that uh that leap or or but and there's also sometimes that's an expense, right? What is your access to therapy? But I think it just speaks to the fact that not as many people engage with it, even if some of the conversation is shifting towards people being more accepting of of other people going and associating it less with any specific type of disorder or issue, like just going to therapy to go and, and understanding that kind of having a space to share and be listened to um, objectively in a lot of ways is is important just for us as people. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to, I try to hold a very open mind going in. Right. And I'd say that what motivated me to pursue that one has been something that I've been meaning to do. And I think, um, as you said, some of those restrictions, like financial restrictions at a time might not have allowed me or time restrictions might not have allowed me to do that. But in, in wanting to, take my mental health as serious as I take the rest of my health, I re I just figured there needs to, there's tools that professionals have in terms of being able to navigate stresses, good times, bad times, um, and all those types of things and having that, that outlet of being able to speak, you know? So I definitely did go in with a, with a very open, with a very open mind and met a very um, nice lady at the University of Exeter's Wellness Center um her name was Catherine um yeah her name was uh, Dr. Catherine which was pretty cool you know uh an old not old she's um, a middle-aged uh UK yeah. oof don't yeah. do that yeah, no, no, no. 
Our bad, Dr. Catherine. <laughs> you, a very, very youthful Dr. Catherine, you know. Um, <laughs> don't do that. You don't got to highlight it. That's Highlighting funny. it makes it worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to her for, shout out to her for um, making that experience one that was very comfortable, one that was very easy. We only had 20 minutes to go in, but I think um, from a first time takeaway, that was a very positive experience. I must say. Yeah, well, I think that's powerful, right? That if only 20 minutes, if you felt good about going, you felt good about, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, it's like kind of exercising, right? It's kind of like, oh, this might be uncomfortable, right? I don't, I might, I would rather stay in bed or stay on a couch or, you know, just go directly to eating maybe after work or whatever. But once you do it, you feel good about it, right? And I think that's an important thing to acknowledge is like, yeah, just just that just that to to feel better mentally, the way that you can feel better physically after working out. Like imagine what that does for your outlook. Imagine what that does for your energy. You know, so that's that's dope. I'm glad you had that experience. If I can kind of um, ask a couple of things about it, kind of not having made that initial foray in my adult life. Right. Um, and I'm and again, shout out to Dr. Catherine for creating a safe and, and welcoming space. Do you did you feel like if you could have had more time um, both that day and like longevity wise that you could that there were that there are breakthroughs for you to make in your mental space through therapy? Um, I Definitely, definitely. And that's actually one of the, the, the things that Dr. Catherine said right after the session. She was saying, yo, this institution doesn't have what you need. What you need is a, a long-term plan that can, with somebody that can um, become accustomed to the nuances of the things that you're dealing with, right? And where that center really is um, for dramatic preventive circumstances, you know, um, they, they just, they really got a lot of kids to be able to tend to, and they're looking to, to stop any imminent danger for, for the most part, right? <laughs> and yeah. so- yeah, I feel you. She's 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 uh screening for uh yeah, anybody that might be a threat to themselves or others. There that's you go. that's there the you top go. priority. That that's the type of that's the type of thing, but definitely I, I I could see having that longer type of relationship because there's so many layers to things, right? In in life in general, and there's a lot of things that I don't think we understand we're carrying around with us and many things that I didn't understand like that I still know I, there's there's more depth towards them, and I think having a professional guide you towards those depths is is going to be cool. And it all comes from a place of self understanding. Um, a place of self understanding comes from a place of, of maturity and growth. You know, it feels like a responsible thing. If I had to make a similarity, I'd compare it to is like after workout, you eat a you eat a, a crisp like a clean salad with you know grilled chicken and vinaigrette like just a, a very healthy dose of of something you know and that's what it felt like that's really dope so mm-hmm. and then we had that kind of comes back to access what you were saying about them not really being able to provide that that type of long-term program for you is that something that you feel like you'll seek out now yeah yeah it is and actually like even more importantly i'm trying to think like as an employer how can i bring this type of resource to um, my employees, right? How do I how do I open up 
this sort of avenue. That's that's like a, a serious focus, you know. Um, we spend most of our time, we're not sleeping at our jobs to a certain extent. And I think that type of thing is super, is super important. But even on that, on that, on that point of accessibility, right? If you look at the figures of the disparity between the availability of therapists and psychologists within uh, marginalized communities, you see that there's a, a, a dressed under uh, availability. There's, there's very limited availability for those types of resources. And even in understanding that you could be in a good school going to a wellness center, that still might not even be the right one. So like there's a whole process in being able to get the right type of help. So if you have that resource already limited in, in some of the communities that we work in, um, it, it just it points out to the figures of some of the stigma that's associated with this thing um, in communities and uh, the the lack of understanding that sometimes is associated with it, and also why it's so difficult for for that to keep increasing. Why the availability of therapists and psychologists in places where people can speak to people is is not being looked at enough. You know. Yeah, and I and, I, and that's really that's really tough, right? Because it seems like these communities are really the ones. I wouldn't say the only ones that really need therapy, but I would say having the the stress of additional risk factors placed on you, right? When you when you have limited access to food, when you have limited access to regular physical health care, when you have limited access to maybe job opportunities and and things like that, right? You it that need to have a space to be able to talk about those things compiles. And for those for that to be one of the resources that you don't have, that's really tough. Um we're seeing different ways to kind of address that though. Like things like talk space, things like, um, like, uh, apps and helplines that people can reach out to, to talk to somebody virtually, um, mm-hmm. kind of expansions of things like the, the suicide hotline, um, and, and, and the things like that. Have you ever tried talk space? No, I never. And I was going to ask you the same thing. If, if you've ever tried talk space or if, being somebody that has yet to like move into that that step would that would you consider that as like therapy light i i i i think therapy light i don't know if i would categorize it as that because i think it might be really useful for people that need somebody to talk to immediately but i do think that to the point that you know you were making about making a deeper longer term commitment i think that that is really the way that you get effective help is that you you find a doctor that works for you um and that that understands you or that you feel good talking to you develop a relationship with them over time they get to know you the way you express yourself um and and what you're going through and with that all of that color that categorizes like the problems that we might bring to an initial set of therapy um an initial session of therapy uh i think that that is yeah that that's there's something to be said for that but again how how much does that cost in the in the long run um so yeah but before but with but without getting stuck on cost I, that that also makes me think of like over the long term if you were going to make that commitment would you want your therapist to be black do you think that would matter i'm i'm glad you asked me that i'm glad you asked me that for to me my therapist not the my therapist Dr. Catherine was a white lady, right? And I will say that 
at no point did I feel a particular, let's say, like something's missing. I wish she was. I wish she was. I wish she was. Right. Um, maybe that develops over time. I'm not sure, but it was. I wouldn't say it was a react. That was a reaction that I had. But a lot of people prefer that, right? A lot of people um, have very. A lot of people have strict preferences on the sex and the race of the person that they want to be able to do therapy with, and then you start and you look deeper into the numbers of um, resource availability, right? Now, if if you're looking in these concentrated communities again, like who are you looking to in terms of resources that look like you when the people that are doing those jobs are sometimes the only people that want to be doing those jobs? And that's like being a, a, a community therapist, positions like a social welfare therapist, things like that. These people take on a lot of hours. There's high burnout rate. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's already restricted in the type of resources that those people have. So like tying it to tying it to myself. And I think why I keep bringing it back to the community is because that was my reaction going through it. Right. I, I went in there and I was just like, I, I wanted to absorb this thing of value and see how else we could put it to people that needed a whole lot more than, than we do. Um, That's not how you're supposed to use your therapy, dude. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I went there way too excited. <laughs> I went there, dude, expecting a couch. I went there, dude, to, what, to kick my feet up, you know. I think she was like, you you don't need this right now. But, <laughs> you know, um, was definitely able to point me in the right direction. But, yeah, I definitely went in there very excited, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but you're supposed to you're supposed to be focused on you. That's a time for, I feel like that's a time for internal reflection rather than, like, oh i know a whole bunch of people who need this wow let me let me think about what i'm gonna tell them (laughs) you know what i'm saying but that's but 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 i mean that's that's how you that's how if that if you said you left with a a feeling well and feeling you know in a positive mindset having kind of addressed and thought about some of the things that we walk around carrying so uh, i'm glad it was a successful session to you uh, but back to the question of like you're right. So the 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 reality of access continues to come up, right? Whether it's do people have therapists in their area available to them? Period. Can they afford them? Um, can they find one that is uh, that that represents somebody that they can talk to? Right. I'm not saying you have to have a therapist that matches your race or your gender, right? But can they find somebody? Are there enough? Is there enough of a selection that they can find somebody they feel comfortable talking to? Um, for me personally, I would be hard pressed. Like, and, and and this is I don't know. Like, and maybe this is what it's part of being in the United States and just having the pressure of the way that racism is so ingrained in the culture here. But I couldn't have a therapist. I, I'm not saying I couldn't have a white therapist, but I couldn't have a therapist that wasn't down for me to talk about how hard it is to be black a lot. <laughs> you know I thought I thought being black was your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> it is my favorite. It is my favorite thing in the world. And I wouldn't change it for the world. But that doesn't mean that it's not hard. Right. And that doesn't mean that it's not uh, the I the struggle is 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 a marathon, right? And and we're playing a very small role in it. And as I look back upon all the people I consider my heroes, right? I think that's a beautiful struggle and I'm happy to be a part of it. But if I have a therapist and I'm trying to, and I have a space where I'm supposed, I'm talking through my issues, a lot of those issues are rooted in systemic racism. And I would need somebody who's willing to have a, like conversations about that and, and 
it's they're white confront their own whiteness and their own ideas about race in trying to give provide therapy to me right like i know i gotta know you're not racist if you're gonna be all up in my head i gotta know that right <laughs> and and that that's a hundred percent when it comes to that type of choice you definitely have to be as 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 stringent as you can it's much like finding a barber to a certain extent where you you, you got to- <laughs> only black men feel like that <laughs> <laughs> It's like like finding a barber is as as important as finding a therapist. That Dude, which fun. one? You you? How many barbers have you had versus your therapist? <laughs> I know that I I I will be honest and say that I have thought longer and harder about which barber I'm gonna go to than than I have considered therapy, and that's that's sad. That's my bad. At, <laughs> nah, at some point, I I do think that we should get into into the conversation of breaking up with your barber. <laughs> and, the, and how traumatic hard. that can be. It's hard. Yeah, y'all see me going through it. <laughs> <laughs> y'all go through how's how are things at home? Nah, things are things are great. Shout out to Derek, man. Derek, Derek takes care of me. I just don't see him enough because of the pandemic. I'm not going nowhere. And I'm letting the beard grow out healthy. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, man. A lot of a lot of relationships are lost in in the pandemic. You know, don't worry about it. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, man, I wanted to be able to explain, show the difference between psychiatrists, psychology and um, psychiatrists, psychologists. Right. And show the difference between those two things, because I do understand that they're very different. Um, So just to be able to get into it, psychiatry and psychology overlapping. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor who specializes in preventing, diagnosing, and treating mental illness. A psychiatrist's training starts with four years of medical school and is followed by one-year internship. Okay. So diagnosing and treating, preventing, diagnosing, and treating mental illness. Psychologist is a doctoral study of minds and behaviors. So psychologist is uh, has a doctoral degree and studies the mind and behaviors. And then there's counselors, social work. So it's, I think it's important to be able to have that difference in those things because in understanding what they are, they can allow you to also gaze like where somebody is, right? If somebody is going to a, a psychologist or somebody is going to uh, a... It's all right, brother. It's all right. It's all right. You got to, I'm open. I'm open. I got you. I got you. It's right? a Listen, bro. I'm trying. It's a, yo, English you. came on a boat. That big facts. Put rock, land it on us. All right, you know what I'm saying. So check this out. <laughs> check this out. Right. I think the way that it's been explained to me, and I think I think I'm I'm on on this, is that psychologists, um, both of them are kind of trained to understand the human mind and 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 human reaction and human behavior. Psych- the one key difference is that psychiatrists, I believe, are able to prescribe medicine where psychologists are, it's just kind of a back and forth conversation um, from which hopefully you grow, right? Uh, psychiatrists kind of might prescribe some medication along with that um, and, might, and might be treating a specific disorder, but not always. Um, and then, yeah, there are counselors, there are people that are just available for people to talk to, but may not have the same medical credentials. Um, 
And I encourage people to create more like creative ways for people to get together and talk right here in Chicago. There are some peace circles that are that are being created, which are just opportunities for people to come together and talk about trauma that they've experienced. But not just that. Right. Just talk about community, what it means to them. Um, Talk about like things like vision boarding and stuff like that. Those spaces are important. um, And I think people need we need to provide that access, whether it is clinical psychology or psychiatry or just safe spaces for people to to talk about their problems you know what i'm saying yeah, and and this what and this is what this space is right and it does go back to why we love to do this and what if like it, this really does feel like a, a therapy session and that we push ourselves and being vulnerable um have honest conversation you know not judge each other on our responses and not judge the people that listen, but just like truly try and have, a, you know, provide a space where we can talk through some of these things that we'd be experiencing. Big facts, big facts. Yeah. And if one, 10, hundred million people feel the same way or feel seen, you know, when we talk through these things, then mission accomplished. What we got next, Brody? Hey man, there's a whole lot to be able to talk about. We got an even more, important conversation to be had man let's get right into it podcast the show the show hey man you know exactly what we do on this show this is current news Uh, yes sir this is current news and we do this man so we can explain information to the homies yes sir that's what we that's what we about man that's what we about right this is this is this show is for the homies by the homies right and a lot of times that's right. <laughs> That's like fuh but I but uh, uh fuh <laughs> I don't know. But uh, nah. <laughs> no, it's not. But anyway, man, uh, that is that is so much rooted in what this show is about for real. It's just like taking the things that we see in the world, the things that make us scratch our heads, and trying to talk about it in real time, make sense of headlines, make sense of like buzzwords as they come out figure out what is important to pay attention to what's not um try and keep black folks from being late on too many of these waves especially the financial ones things that the things that are important uh for our economic equity you dig me uh and this is kind of an interesting conversation amidst all of that right pay transparency um Zway, have you ever heard the term pay transparency before uh, I didn't, I have heard of the term pay transparency, but you know, when we, when we decided that we should dig even deeper into this topic, I, I definitely had to reassess a few of the things that I thought pay transparency meant because pay transparency, pay gap and pay quality all seem like the same thing, but those are all, you know, those, there's, there's nuances in each of those things that kind of separates the information that they're trying to share. So uh, pay transparency um, was was one that I definitely had to familiarize myself with even more. When you first heard the term, what did you think it was? It's the it's being able to adequately see how people are being paid. 
Right. Yeah, I thought, I thought you was gonna get a list of everybody's name at the job next to a number. And you was gonna yeah. know how much they made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you was gonna be able to look over your cubicle and be like, bro, you really had me pay for lunch? Really? <laughs> really? But that's taboo. That's taboo, man. That's it's it's taboo to talk about salaries um in front of it's taboo to talk about salaries in front of um co-workers. I with the hubris that I have, which is probably why I was a terrible employee. Um, in a in a in a in a dinner with a bunch of my former employees, we're busy talking about payment, whatever. And I was like, guys, the reason we can all make more if we all just are honest with how much each of us are making. There's so much more power in the collective pool. And I was like, I'll stop by myself. I'll tell you how much I made. And I told those dudes how much I made. And then everyone got quiet. <laughs> and, and then somebody came up to me. A senior, and he said, and out of a place of love, bro. This man said, out of a place of love, and was next to another gentleman that passed away. May his soul rest in peace. I don't know why I did this, but it's a symbolic. This <laughs> <laughs> is symbolic. Come on, man. Hey, man, you was in it. Nah, you was telling the story. I feel you. That went with it. Go ahead. I was with you. Yeah, you I almost did it back. I was Belaga Masalam, brother. I feel- um, that is so inaccurate, right? But he said that he comes up to me. <laughs> so inaccurate on so many levels. That's funny. He says to me, hey, man, never do that again. And I still don't know how I feel about that. I, I still, I, I believe in the power of transparency, but yeah. We're going to get you up collective bargaining, my guy. See, you, it's in you. You got a little Shea in you, bro. A little Shea Guevara deep inside you. You know what I'm saying? You see that? <laughs> You see this coat? <laughs> but check me out, right? So, yeah. So I'm I'm thinking the same thing, right? And I'm thinking it's very taboo. I'm thinking we've taught like, yo, you don't really talk about your salary or how much you're making with your coworkers, even your neighbors, right? Um, and so yeah, the idea of pay transparency, which can come in many forms, right? It's not just always getting to see exactly how much each person is making. Sometimes it can be arranged just on based on the position. Right. Sometimes it can be building out a essentially like a, a an equation for how experience and kind of different aspects of productivity can be determined to equal your salary. Um, so pay transparency can happen a lot of different ways. But it's coming up now because some companies, especially some in New York that are facing some backlash actually right now, are have tried to institute this. Right. And uh People are people have mixed feelings about it. Right. Um, And one of the reasons it is people have such strong feelings about it is because it's seen by some as a way to address the gender pay gap. Mm. Mm. And that's and that goes to the heart of the pay transparency conversation. Um, It is you would you cannot have the pay transparency conversation without addressing the pay gap conversation, because that conversation has dominated um, has dominated the 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 tone of paid transparency, right? And it it is a very fascinating thing to be able to look at, and it and it does it does force you to have to understand the nuances of what makes up salaries, you know, the nuances of what makes up um, uh, that makes up payment equality and makes up pay value. There's um, a book that I was reading, Everyday Sexism, Laura Bates, right there. This dude's the looking for feminists over his shoulder. She said, huh? Want to say it, nah, right? Nah. <laughs> I'm looking at the names of the books of the feminists that I that I read. 
No, right? that's fire. That's fire. I'm playing with you. But but um in 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 calling and like in looking at what Laura Bates was looking at, right? Laura Bates is looking at the the famous figure of the 79 cents to every uh, that woman make 79 cents to woman earn 79 cents per dollar that that men earn, right? Um and 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 that statistic I feel like is is the one that's kind of stood out more than anything in the conversation of pay gap. Um and it's a bit, I don't know, how do you how do you feel about how has the experience of trying to understand pay gap and like thinking about creating a conversation behind it? How, how have you gone about that? Uh well, I've been dating women who care about the other women very, very much for a very, very long time. And so <laughs> I've just I've been these conversations have been brought into my life in a very organic way, and I've been blessed as I think a lot of us have right to be taught a lot by women right and a lot of the things that we need to learn as men right I think come from listening to women and so I've, I've come to understand that there's a lot of there is a lot of nuance when it comes to the the gender pay gap namely that the gender pay gap isn't the same as the gap between what men are and women are paid due to discrimination Right. That is a real number. There is a difference between what men and women are paid due strictly to discrimination because people have been socialized to think of men as more productive in a lot of ways and a variety of reasons. Right. Um, there that their places in the workplace, whereas women's places is at home, which I hope is something that we're contributing to as a podcast, the unlearning of that. Right. Uh, but so. There's this number, the gender pay gap, which is actually more based on the fact that women over the course of their careers, right, especially seven to 10 years in around childbearing age, right, tend to have to spend more time at home, right, and are expected to spend more time at home. And having to spend more time at home to raise children means having to turn down uh workplace responsibilities means being away from the workplace, not being able to make the same commitments as their male counterparts who aren't expected, right, to do the work that is done of raising children at home, right? And so their trajectory as far as their career puts them on a on a path that makes them earn a lot more than women who are doing the unpaid labor of raising children. The gender pay gap is kind of, it's mitigated. It's seriously... Um, it's almost eliminated when you look at women that don't have children, right? So it's actually mostly a penalty on women for having children and being the ones that are expected to care for the ch those children. Definitely. And that, and that margin that you speak about, right, where women that don't have children, um, specifically between the ages of 18 and 39, that's when you see almost a 0% variation in what men and women are making, right? Um, in fact, that figure tends to skew more towards the woman's end between the ages of 18 to 39. And then obviously from 39 onwards, those are formative years of a child. So that's when you would begin to see that increase, that, that sharp increase. Right. Um, so let's, let's get, let's, let's, let's get technical. Can I, can I kick it? <laughs> yes, you can. Can I kick it? <laughs> yes, you can. Y'all must have not heard episode 22. I see. <laughs> but um, getting getting more specific with it, right? Um, the study that was used 
uh, to measure uh, pay variances. Uh, it's a study that was started in 61, carried over, um, done multiple times. Uh, again, multivariate study that looks at the many different variations that determine uh, that determine what can at least predict, right? That's a good study is able to be able to take somebody, understand their variables, and then be able to indicate a value percentage of how likely that person is to fit in a certain in a certain group, right? So looking at the 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 pay gap, uh, the the different things, the different variables that were taken in, people looking at race, occupation, education, um, and uh, gender, right? Those are the four main variables in it: race, occupation, education, and gender. Gender formed three percent of the impact on that on those results, and. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's me being in school, carrying around all these calculators and whatnot, just got me typing these numbers. But um, education, occupation, and race all respectively take um, a higher have a, a higher impact on that particular on the particular um, pay gap that can exist, right? Or the determinants of what somebody is likely to be able to make. Um, race, particularly, which is no, which is where it, the the statistics of the payment variations between black women begins to become a little bit more accentuated because now you're dealing with a different factor of education and race that can skew that significantly, even in the same roles of, let's say, women that are not of that same race, right? Mm -hmm. Boom. So what, what that indicates is that there is a reality, right? You cannot, you cannot discount the fact that those experiences happen, right? That 3% of just gender is important because a lot of what people go through, that means a lot. Sometimes that might not necessarily be um, appreciated by the value of a statistic, right? There, there is something to be said about the value of something that might not necessarily be able to be recorded, right? Like how do you, how, let me not even go on a tangent on the type of examples I can make up, but all to say, right? What we do know is that the experiences of the people that are uh, the experiences of women is that of a workplace that is made very difficult for upward mobility because of so, uh, social reasons, which includes like being able to connect with the boss because of sports or golf interests or um, school background, fraternity, things of that nature. Uh, there's a dope episode about that on Dave. If you check that back out. Um, yeah, yeah. that's a dope episode. Yeah, yeah, that was. I thought that was cool how they handled that, right? How Dave and the boss had like this. They could talk about sports at a at a whim, almost ignoring her out, even if she tries to pitch in. They're like, "Nah, get out of there." Yeah, there's that. There's that element of it. Um, and and like I, I like what you said about the the value of of choices, right? Such as childbearing, and the impact that that particularly has on um, earning capabilities. Big facts, big facts. But it's important also to acknowledge, like like you were just highlighting, right? It's about choices, but women don't have the same choices as men, right? So we got to take into account things like single motherhood, right? And the choice that a lot of people make, right, to there are, there are three times as many single mothers as there are single fathers, at least in the United States, right? And that's a murky number. And we, we, we're about fathers' rights, for sure, for sure. But there's a reality to the fact that we've normalized single motherhood. And that's a reality that women are, that are dealing with and that we have to address, right? 
but um, like you can't say that like i and i don't i'm not being i don't want to be a contrarian but when you when you say women don't have the same choices as men what do you mean by that particular state help me understand that statement i mean women it, it's far less socially acceptable and the even the way that courts in the legal system are oriented is for if oh, if two people come together to have a baby, the baby is cared for by the mother no matter what, right? Custody typically tends to default toward the mother, right? There's there's really not the same. There's like socially where we're conditioned to expect that the mother will never abandon her child, whereas we can see across various communities that we don't hold men to that same standard, Right. I'm I'm following. I'm following. It's the statistic around the marriage side that is that that particularly was interesting to me is when you look at men and women that both have a, a two parent household where both parents are working equally full time jobs. Even the time that they dedicate towards child caring, towards household responsibilities. Um, and towards uh, general upkeep of the general upkeep of the home were always more skewed towards women, which then includes like then you take it into the fact of like uh, the time and the commitments that it takes to be able to actually run a household and a child, as opposed to that, that those margins were skewed more towards women. I'm just wary of making a blanket statement like women don't have the same choices as men. I I I, I think there's varying circumstances for different choices that we can all make we all have a choice the circumstances are unfair but everybody has a choice that that's what i was just want to be careful of i guess i mean i guess what i'm i'm i guess what i'm saying is that society orients people in a way that doesn't give them the same choice and certain people in general right have a have different choices than other people have right like so the same way that yeah, I mean, the same way that you can say, like, a man and a woman have the same choice to go out on a walk at night in whatever neighborhood they might be in. Like, sure, they have the same, they can both make that choice. The circumstances but the choice, are different. But that's what I'm, but that's that's exactly my point, right? And the circumstances around raising a child are different for men and women, right? And the expectations are different, right? So that's what that's what I'm speaking to. Right. To the point, like even what you were saying, right, women often end up even when there's a two parent household taking on the statistic is actually nine more hours a week of household work. Right. Then than men actually take on. Right. So it's like yeah, that. That's a that's a and that's not I don't think because men are saying like that's a nine hours is like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. But it's just the way that we've all been conditioned and socialized. So while we still have our choice, our choices are are colored by the our circumstances and our circumstances are certainly not always within our control and when we talk about the difference between the race the race gap and the gender gap there's this idea where the race gap requires reparations to fix it right you had an institution of slavery that was followed by an institution of jim crow that was followed by an institution of redlining and housing disparities and the destruction of black people's like even when we did build up economic wealth right tulsa oklahoma right it was destroyed so you need reparations to fix that but the thing about pay transparency when we talk about the gender gap is that we're in this space where we're addressing a, the, if the gap is three percent we should be able to close that 
And so when they look at they when we look at pay transparency as an option to do that, we can talk about the merits of that. But when we talk about the gender pay gap and we see places that have actually been able to close it, right, by doing things like allowing men to take paternity leave, right? Actually like giving men the same time off and as as a representation of a societal shift toward looking at men as caregivers the same way we look at women as caregivers, right? We can't, and, and that's and that's connects to the gender pay gap conversation is we can't look at women as earners of the household, right? Until we look at men as caregivers as well. It's a shift. It's you can't have one without the other. To me, what what's particularly interesting, um, what's particularly interesting is like you said, in places that have closed it, right? Um, to the best of my studies, I I'm not familiar with a an instance on a wide level where that has been the case and, and I, and I could have overlooked some right where they've actually closed it. But I think what's, what's particularly interesting is if you look at, um, if you look at countries that have gotten as close as they can to eradicating, let's say, uh, the, the, that eradicate a certain level of, of poverty and the well-being of the people within those countries are high usually a scandinavian country of sorts is where they go and they and they and they look at um the they look at the behavioral choices of the people within those communities as a reflection of what can happen in a quote in a in a perfect society right say for instance the government did pay you to go to school did pay for your health care you did live a, a good well-being your children are paid to go to school poverty is is minimal what choices do people make then right and what people and what they've seen is that um in those particular in, in those particular countries men have generally skewed to more skewed more towards um hard labor um industrial and corporate uh jobs whereas women have moved more towards lower paying jobs such as um such as healthcare uh, particularly healthcare is where that figure was 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 mainly dominated and service right and within those particular brackets themselves, those uh, the variations in the payments begin to expose themselves again, based on the rest of the variations that we had mentioned earlier. So, um, what 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 I think is difficult for us to be able to under to 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 apprehend in in this time right now is that not everything can be equal, right? Not everything is equal, and if you look into different pockets of things, you'll find inequalities in all of those things. And that comes into market value, that comes into market interest, that comes into, <laughs> that comes, but for, for but real. We, but we can't, we can't explain, we can't tell, we can't just decide that we're okay with not nah, let, let, creating it. I for sure. Let me land, right? <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm saying though, is that there's so much power in being able to recognize your options. There's a lot of power in being able to recognize uh, the value behind your interests, right? Because if you take, uh, if you take, uh, for instance, a certain demographic of, of men, right? If we're going to look at the pay variations in men, there's a huge gap in uh, pay variations for men of color. There's a huge gap for variations of people whose education levels um, don't go past uh, don't go past the high school level in the background in the community that they came from in the proximity of their of their houses to hospitals of their house to a clinical center those types of things expose themselves in in very very wide gaps right all to say 
all to say that in understanding your options, in understanding, for instance, where an occupation of value is, one can almost direct themselves towards that path and be able to move in order to be able to earn a, a higher income. I'm not saying that everything is fair. I'm not saying that at all, because that would be a disservice to how, how unfair things are to people of color, to women, whatever the case is, things are definitely unfair and that we need to be able to fix. However, there is also so much power in understanding your options, right? Women who study law turn to earn a higher salary than men who study law. Yeah, but uh, for, certain, the for a certain time, for a certain time, doctors, female doctors also generally tend to dominate the, the medical sphere in terms of earning wages. Um, their psychology, we're talking about therapists, right? That's skewed towards women too. So like in understanding those options, one can plan themselves to be able to be there in the same way that a man can plan himself ought to be there. But one of your options should be to change the system, especially when you see structural inequality in it. That should be one of the op that should be one of my options. One of my options should be able to look at the system and say, the system is the system is reinforcing patriarchy, right? The system is reinforcing the idea that women's place is to give care, right? And that plays out not only in the in the expectation that when they have children of their own that they that they take care of them, but it also skews. You look at what you just said, right? The statistics in terms of women tend to gravitate towards the healthcare fields. Do we think that that's just coincidence or do we think that that's because women are socialized to be caregivers, right? Even in those fields, doc, the, the, the role, the higher earners tend to be doctors, tend to be men in a lot of places, right? Where women tend to be nurses, right? And don't tend to be able to advance in quite the same way. Right. And a lot of that is due to exactly the same reason that the gender pay gap exists is because you're in school or you're in residency right around the time that women are thinking about trying to have children. Right. Or just biologically, that's the reality of being your childbearing years. Right. So as a woman, like I would I would hope that just among all the options that you listed is for me to look at the system and say it's better for us to treat to look at everybody as being able to be everything like you said right for everybody to if if for everybody to be able to be a caregiver or a person that is a breadwinner right regardless of regardless of gender and if there's a way that we can change policy to reflect the society that we want to see then we should do that and we shouldn't we shouldn't always just say well like within the system i can do i can maneuver this way sure it's not fair but i'm just going to live with that like yeah. why Cause I'm, cause I, the, cause I want to put, I want to bring kids into, I want to bring a little girl into a world where she didn't, that's not why she's making that decision. Even if she has the choice, I would want her to be making that decision. Not because, you know, I have to go against the grain. If I want to be a professional as a woman, like I, I just want her to be able to make that choice the same way my son would. And when they, and when I have kids, I want to be able to take time off to spend time with them just like my wife would. Because yeah. I want to be thought of as an equal parent in that space. I want to be thought of as an equal caregiver in that space. So it's important to me to be able to take that time off to spend that with my kid. Right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And that's why, in, and, and, and to, to almost close my point, right? It, it's important to understand that there is actually, um, and there is validity to the fact that there is discrimination based on gender. That is a fact. That is a full-blown fact. Um, and there's, that's a number, you can even put a number towards it, right? 
Um, but there's also other factors within that same predictability that can also be um, considered. And also there's tools, prescriptive tools that can be taken in order to even make that dif difference um, closer. And that doesn't exist just for women, that exists for men as well, right? How to be able to um, do career planning that's directly skewed towards being able to achieve a higher level of income. Um, these are things that everybody, um, these are things that everybody has access to. What I'm scared of, Miles, is that in the fight for, in the fight for, um, in, in the fight for, I don't want to say inclusivity because I think we've gone past inclusivity, right? I think in the fight for, I don't want us to lose the difference in us, like the different things that we can all celebrate about each other. I don't want us to be able to lose that. In like what? For being able to sell, being able to celebrate being able, being able to celebrate. How come there's no men's strip clubs? <laughs> you know I mean? That's not, that's true. There are, what do you mean? There are male strip clubs, magic Mike. But, but oh like, <laughs> how many of them are there? But like, no, but like in the sense of like culturally uh, celebrating the differences between us. Right. And the things that in a, in a general the difference between well. who? The difference between men and women, or the difference between what? Between men and, and between men and women, between cultures, between races. Like, there's so many d different things that all of us have that makes us all special. And I do not want us to get to a place where we ignore those things and are afraid to be able to, to, to discuss the things that make us different without also, without being I'm being unable to solve a problem without being also be able to celebrate the things that are different. Because... It is shown that the interests of men and women are different. Our interests are different. That is important to, to take into account. Okay, but our interests being different and women being the, like, when women have children, they're the ones that get are, are required to take time out. Not even required, like, expected, the only ones given time to take like time off i don't i don't see the connection between those no, two and, and 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 that and that right there that is an issue with the system that needs to be fixed right but i love celebrating motherhood i love i love seeing the beauty of motherhood and only a, in a way only women can do right just being able to for real though that's real that's real like I think I think that's where it gets dangerous in the way only a woman a woman can do right. Like I think well, that's where we a woman should do. I'm not saying in only a way women should do. I'm just saying in only a way that a woman does do it. In, right. I like this. I there's a certain element to it. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'm saying look. I'm saying there's a there's a difference between to me to me I think there's there's a difference between a difference in people's interests and a different what people want to do and and structural barriers we've we've created based on a, a system of putting men's needs and wants first, right? And so I think we can identify the things yes. that are a part of that patriarchal system while still celebrating whoever anybody wants to be. There you go. There you go. And I could, I'm, I'm so glad I have you here with me um, because it's sometimes difficult to be able to put the words behind that. And that's exactly what I'm saying, right? It's not saying in any way that the issues that are prevailing shouldn't be addressed and that they don't matter. No, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But I say if in each and every one of us, there lies a certain level of personal interest, of, of taste, of art, of capabilities that can be celebrated, right? And there's still issues that can be handled that can make that a more fair playing field. But um, 
there there is an appreciation to to difference that I I don't want to get lost in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, but like how Mal said it though. But, yeah. saying, but like how Mal said it though. <laughs> Nah, I feel I, I I hear you, man, and I appreciate this being a space where we can just talk things out in real time. Where we have like, yo, folks, people that you hearing this, you you what? Tell us what you think. Throw it in the comments. Uh, I think yeah. the only way forward is to is to have these conversations, right? And 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 being intentional about explaining things for the homies as part of this show, I think is just being able to be real about like things we don't understand pressing the boundaries and the very limits of like where our, where our knowledge and where our, where our, our beliefs can take us. Right. And being willing to change those and, and adjust those and, and, and love each other. Um, even as we, even as we disagree, even as we find out new things about each other, man, that's, this is that's what it's about. And we're not experts, right? Like that's the whole point of the show, bro, is to be able to take these difficult conversations and these difficult thoughts and being able to have a safe space to be able to talk them through, right? At the end of the day, what we're trying to do is learn, um, learn with y'all in real time. Um, so, so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. And I want to make a promise to the people too. This is the last time we're going to talk for more than 25 minutes about some female issues without a female on the podcast. Man. That's a fact. That is the biggest sin that we've done. If there's any reason to... To criticize us, that's the biggest one. We got to hold that promise that we can never have this type of conversation again without a woman being present. Big facts. Big facts. Take us to hip hop. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Yo, oh, man. thank God for hip hop. <laughs> yeah, where we going first, man? Where we going first? Oh my goodness! Our favorite part of the show, and not just our favorite part of the show. Clearly, the people's favorite part of the show, man. Um, they keep wanting us to review things. Those are the videos that get the most amount of likes. Those are the videos that y'all care about. Hip hop. Yes, sir. And we have some quality hip hop to talk about today, man. And I'm always like, look, the landscape is is beautiful. It's luscious, right? The hip hop landscape looks good. I like it. But there's some when you when you something makes you gives you that feeling that, oh, I'm going to be watching this for a long time. I want to see what what happens next. I want to learn more, go back and listen to this person's discography, especially when you got something that that might could be something. I think Corday might could be something. Uh, definitely. From a bird's from a bird's eye view, um, Corday, five, formerly YBN Corday. This is the first true Corday album that I've that I've ran through. Um, by reckon by by suggestion by my brother who said, "Hey yo, make sure you listen to that Corday album because we're gonna check it out next week." Um, it's bro, we getting to that age where rappers are significantly younger than us. Is is he significantly younger than us? How old is my guy? Yeah. Early twenties. Early twenties, man. Shout out to him, man. He's got a. He's he's um. It's always corny when when people older than you tell you you got an old soul or you know what I mean. But he's That's definitely. It is a compliment. It is a compliment, and he's he's reaching for maturity, and it's it's he's grasping it in in a lot of ways, right? In some ways, maybe it's because I feel older than him. <laughs> I I'm I'm. I'm hearing that and I'm appreciating it, 
Um, but in a lot of ways, man, like intellectually, this this kid is this kid is no joke. He's he's trying to he's trying to get at some big ideas in his music, and I'm always appreciative of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the cool thing about Corday that you can tell, and uh, this was a little bit of something that like we we caught when. Um, Funny enough, it actually reminds me of a bit of of 50 Cent when he went through the Dr. Dre factory and how he came out on the other side in terms of the polish and the sound, the the content and the lyrics, the range, the instrumentalism, instrumentalism, <laughs> the instrumentals that are used in there. Um, we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of artists move through that Drake, that Dr. Dre um, school of music making, and he really does usually just pick from the top of. Uh, lyrical capabilities and for the longest time you've heard people say uh Corday is that dude Corday is that dude you hear a lot of um especially respected rappers uh talk about Corday is that dude that's evidence in some of the features that I hear I I will say that um it this impressed me it impressed me more it, it was a it was a very impressive piece of art let me put it that way it's a, it was a impressive piece of art from its from the quality and how the sound and the sound is, from the execution to the ideas, from the cohesive sound of it, uh, I think if you look at young rappers in the game right now, the content they're reaching for, the message that they're trying to put behind it, and the ability to execute it, it will, it will be very difficult to find somebody if you're comparing arts between each other that can match up to this. I think. Well said. Well said. Well said. Because I think when I look at, I'm just checking out his discography real quick. I do remember The Lost Boy 2019. That wasn't bad. I remember checking that out and it very firmly was sitting like kind of next to Saba's Bucket List project. I think I might have went to Bucket List a couple more times back than this. And then even before that, Corday, YBN, the mixtape was 2018. It was kind of like the, the, when he was really bubbling like the pop debut, right? He was already making music, but that was kind of like when the name got out there. Um, and man, so like, as like you said, this is, it's always appreciated when an artist is intentional about trying to make art with their work, right? A lot of times, some some music that I really, really like, it's clear that the artist isn't really trying to make art. They're just trying to, they're having fun in the studio or they're just expressing themselves or they're, they're telling a story or they're reaching for a hit. And sometimes they have the formula, sometimes they don't. But it's different when an artist goes in the studio to make something meaningful, meaningful. And this and this is definitely that, man. Uh, where do we where do we put? I love what you said about like you can put them up next to a lot of different people because it like and we also spoke about him being a bit younger than us. Right. So where's this lane where do you see him as competing with the 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 J.I.D.'s, the the reasons, the that that category that group i think i think you would have to put him into that conversation i think putting him in in any other conversation would be a little bit misplaced in terms of the especially if you look at the influences behind the music right um a interesting comparison you made of corday is j cole you 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 know you could feel the cole influence in there a little bit um and so if you look at the school of a lot of the rappers right now who are actually coming from under Cole's tutelage, um, and it's a lot of people's favorite rappers, actually, if they're not truly looking, especially the ones that are truly doing the rap and rap and Cole is, uh, Cole is those is daddy, you know? So if you're looking at that school of people, you definitely have to put Cordae into that conversation. I'd say 
this has to have woken reason up. It has to have woken Boogie up. Has to have woken Vince Staples up. Um, I think they. I think they can look at this as a formidable entry into someone who can easily take over this thing, man. It's like watching a. It's like if I had to compare him, he's, he's John Morant. That's who he is. He's John Morant. I like it. I like it, and I like I like how you brought in you know the the other pieces of of kind of that hip hop. Um, class right that that this kind of era that we're currently in this and we're seeing who's going to be the next um the next kendrick's and j cole's and drake's and as you put them amongst those people do you get the sense from corday that there's a little bit more of a um a family friendly vibe do you get that from corday it is a bit clean it is a bit clean um but like clean makes money man that's uh the bill smith model Big and, I, and I and I can see him following down that that hole. Big facts, and I think that there's a you know there's a there's a space there's a gap. I think you know I don't I hope I'm not stepping on any toes if I'm saying that Chance the Rapper kind of left a gap as the family favorite because the music still got a big day. I don't think I think he kind of lost people with that one, right? If am I am I crazy if I'm saying that that might be a an, an opening that Corday might be be able to slide into? You know. And bringing chances is a bit difficult. I was just listening to Acid Rap again. Acid Rap was everywhere when Acid Rap came out, man. Acid Rap, when Acid Rap dropped and we're in Chicago, and I remember you brought it back. Um, you brought it the summer of 2014, uh, 2013. You brought it in the summer of 2013, dude. It, it banged from everywhere. You could not not hear that song. And from top to bottom, it was unanimously a favorite, right? Um, so Chance ke- came in with a with a whole different type of entry into the game, you know, from the 10-day theory, the mixtape, to bubbling into the city, then dropping Acid Rap, which just shook that summer. I don't think we've seen a particular moment like that from... And 10-day theory, and, and then Acid Rap, you can't really say, was a family-friendly album. It's an album you can play in front of family, but you is College Dropout a family-favorite album? I would say College Dropout is decidedly not a family favorite album. Um, but I would say that Acid Rap actually, yeah, it's it's maybe it's not family friendly in that sense. But I feel like and and you know what? Nah, you're absolutely right. Acid Rap isn't family friendly. And it was I, I, I really liked that project. And I felt like after that, he took a yes. more family friendly approach. Yes. Right. Yes. And 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 so. I love your right to point out that he acid rap launched him in a different way that Corday hasn't really had that one project that, I mean, acid rap, I think you could say that's a classic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad it at is. somebody saying that it that's is. a classic. It has right? to be. It has to be. It has to be. I don't think Corday has that quite yet, but it's interesting. Like, do you think that I, I think we're still aligned in saying that at, from this point in his career and from the point after acid rap there, there's a, there's a shift towards that family-friendly model. And I think Corday could reach that. I could see Corday doing Apple deals like Chance did. I could see Corday, he needs a three. He needs whatever his hat or his gimmick is going to be, right? Uh, but whatever <laughs> whatever that is, whatever that is, I could see him kind of kind of filling that lane. So if we're talking about family-friendly rappers, who do you have on your family-friendly list? Because any list that I've been able to put together, I don't think Corday stands in that list. So check this out, B. Check, wait, 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 wait. I want to hear what you. I want to hear what you mean by that. But you, you, I love where you're taking this. What do you mean by he? Got, he doesn't fit on that list. I got Amine, 
Okay. Kinda. I got I got Kyle. Kyle's closer, I think. Kyle Amine. That's where my, my list is. I don't know anymore. So I was gonna so I was gonna actually and it's interesting, like we can talk about whether this type of rap is is losing steam a little bit amongst the younger gen- generation. But a lot because a lot of the rappers I'm about to name are retired slash semi-retired, right? But Dizzy Wright, right? I'm thinking of like Dizzy Wright uh, ain't retired, bro. <laughs> but but hold on, let me let me let me cook. So like there's there's Dizzy Wright, there's um there's and there's I'm so glad we've mentioned so many other people that we're comparing him to now. Cause who I'm about to say now is not, I don't think, a favorable comparison always like hip hop might not hear it that way. But I think logic, where logic was before people decided logic was corny, is kind of where Corday is now, right? And Corday is kind of logic if logic was black, right? And I'm and That's what I mean, fair, what I mean by that is logic. Corday is logic if logic didn't have to talk about being mixed all the time. That's not fair because that's that man's experience, and clearly a lot of people, you know, like that's one thing that, that that's not cool, man. You know, <laughs> why are you gonna break you down the problem logic like that, man? <laughs> I think, dude, I'm still uncomfortable about the comments about the pay transparency conversation. I just hope I didn't come off. <laughs> My career can afford that. Nah, you're just you're just fine, dude. You won't. You're not gonna be a. You're not gonna be a meme. Oh man, um, logic, right? Yeah, definitely that 2014 2015 logic when he came out with numbers, young Sinatra one, young Sinatra two. Logic was bubbling at that time, super bubbling. Um, his content was uh, was around the same type of thing, too. I think that's a very accurate comparison. I think if we had to put him there, right? But then we see where logic, um, ended up in terms of who we compare him to. Right now, we're looking at JID. We're looking at uh, Mick Jenkins. We're looking at Isaiah Rashad. We're looking at uh, Boogie. We're looking at Reason. Yeah. Where does Bobby Sessions fall in that conversation, right? A little bit more on the, maybe not family-friendly, but definitely trying to create something intellectual, definitely trying to create something artistic. There's Lou J, right? Uh, he's, he's, he's definitely kind of, Put putting together some stuff that's a little bit more. I I, I want to say soulful, but I don't want to take away from artists who aren't trying to be family friendly, right? There, there's 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 an element of making music that sounds like the stuff we were encouraged to listen to as kids, right? Or like the stuff that you could hear your mom saying to twelve year old you, like, why can't you just listen to Corday? You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to listen to 50 Cent. Why you can't listen to Corday? He's so nice. I saw him on the TV. He had a button-up shirt. He looked he looked presentable. He looked clean cut. Why can't you listen to Corday? And he's dating that, that one girl. What's her name? He's dating that nice girl, Naomi, Naomi Osoka. Naomi Osoka. Big bag, son. Big bag. And yo, shout out to her for, for promoting the album, too. Like, shout out for, to everything she's doing. To like, I loved her stance on her mental health. Like, yo, Naomi, we're fans of we're fans oh yeah we support people. naomi over here bro we're big time naomi supporters you know what i'm saying been from time checked all the episodes but uh, you know miles you're saying that uh that family friendly that that conscious rap right and you and you put bobby sessions but if you put bobby sessions in there i think we're opening up a whole different door to like i think we're this is the time of like 
conscious rap a little bit, but I think conscious rap kind of is coming back. If you look at all the content, even if you're looking at, I was just saying, right, Nas's last album, Nas is preaching. You listen to um, even Tyler the Creator's last album, it's the same thing. It's there's intent there. Jay Cole just dropped the album, and you know how he gets busy. Mick Jenkins, the same thing. Like I think um, Rick Ross last week, we talked about that album, and we said, hey man, this dude is these guys are teaching, right? R.I.P. Nip always. Yeah. R.I.P. Dolph, always, same thing, same type of time, same content. So I think, um, you know, you heard it here first, folks. Conscious Rap is making a different type of return to hip-hop. Big facts, big facts. And hopefully with no ceiling, right? I want to see people like Big Crit get even more shine than they get, right? I want to see people who just have that intentionality, right? The music is subjective, so it gets murky when we talk about what's lyrical versus what's uh, giving game versus what's intellectual versus what's artistic. It's so layered, um, but that's what's beautiful about this album, man, is that it's so layered. You can have an upbeat track like Super, which I really dug, um, but you can have a, 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 a some chill like, like C. Carter, Coach Carter, where he just really like hits on, he puts me back in my living room with my little brother, chilling you know like really these elements of our childhood coach carter you know loving basketball uh these old movies like i just really appreciate his ability to paint pictures with that but also to stand toe-to-toe with some some big features man it's to jump on champagne glasses with freddie gibbs and and go go off and put yourself in that lyrical caliber right to be able to do a song with Lil dirk while he's like crooning doing that chicago kind of mm-hmm. almost r&b that he's doing with her with the vocals like he he makes a lot of different types of music which i think me is why we can compare him to so many different types of people um he doesn't have a gimmick which i think is I love about him, but I just hope he's able to find some ways to capitalize on the success of really having some good music to offer, right? And I hope he gets all the bags that don't always come with that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, look, you know, Corday is, is entered into a field of some of the fiercest, fiercest, fiercest uh, spitters in the game at the moment. The future of hip hop is looking very bright, man. There's a lot of talented, um, there's a lot of talented people out there making some super fly music. Um, you said Crit. Crit's got an album dropping soon. Um, a lot of music is dropping, man. I don't know. We might just have to dedicate one of these episodes soon enough to some to just to just all hip hop drops because they they coming in quickly. Um, specifically, I'm look. Oh, we haven't. <laughs> Let's do that one conversation about feminism. Doesn't want to talk about anything but hip hop. We said, dude, you know what? Let's just change this to a hip hop podcast from now on, dude. That's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> I put my salary out. Where was y'all? Yeah. Nah, for, for sure, for sure, for sure. But man, we're we gonna keep the 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 show rocking. We got Mo Hip Hop for your head top. Review, Hamm, man. Review, Mac review. We, we, we didn't give this an official review yet. Yeah. Gotta oh review review you right you right you right yeah you right with it four out of five mics man for the Corday joint yeah 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 gave him some of the highlights forgot to give him the scope the true scope for sure four out of five oh. four out of five four out of five um man this this there's so much music that's dropped there's so much music that's dropped do you want to do my my call me now or you want to do a a different two piece yeah we are running a little long we running a little long we can we can. We could we could cut it here. Back homie next week. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah. we got y'all. What you listening to right now, brother Moss? 
Um, yeah, I've been riding around to that Mac Hami. Thanks to you. I've been jumping on that Emma Piano wave, getting a little bit vibey, you know what I'm saying? When we as we create clean up the crib. Cannot get off of that Rich Off Pints 2 uh by mm-hmm. I swear Bezo. Um still listening to that new Ross. Uh definitely listening to that uh this Mac Hami. Um yeah, man, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of interesting R and B come coming out. I've got I'm waiting on some some tiller some tiller and uh Fias that I've got snippets of. Heat. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. What you listening to, bro? Hey man, I love I love your taste in music, man. I love your taste in music. A whole lot of cool stuff just dropped. That Ellie Solstray just dropped. Um, shout out to you for putting me onto that ESTG. Who hotter than G? G's the hottest thing in the streets right now, bro. Yes, yeah, that's hard to it's hard to debate that one. It's hard to debate. But the hottest. Forty two Doug might be coming right back. I'm waiting for that next forty two. Nah, uh, not even cl- not uh, over G. There's no way. I don't. Nah, think. not right, not right. But you, but you go back to those those two albums are very comparable. Those two albums yeah. go together very. They're very well, very well. So one two piece oh. right there. Stay, staying on that on that um on that wave, man. Doughboy dropped an album. Uh, oh really? Slaps. You got Babyface Ray. Uh, dropped an album as well. Uh, I've been riding around listening to a whole lot of that. And then there's also been some great R&B that's dropped, man. M. Mark, L.U.J. Um, dropped. And also Shakina, Trouble in Paradise. Shout out to my South African sisters. If you're into that good music, check that out. Man, blessing them. Blessing them, blessing them, blessing them. Why? Because we blessed. Why? Because we know. Yeah, we do. We know that you could be anywhere in the world. But right now, you are tuned into the beautiful tones of chestnut and hazelnut we try to bring you some carefully curated content we try to bring you some some stuff that helps you figure out how you feel about the world and helps you feel good about whatever you got going on man this is this is a space of love this is a space of celebrating celebrating this is a space of celebrating how good it feels to be black don't it feel good way i love my ladies even when it's hard even when it's hard even when it's hard listen Eat something delicious. Hug somebody you love like that. Peace, water, we gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. But is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though?